How are you? I'm well. Oh, good. So you've had a crisis lately. Well, what it is, is I'm, I'm not having a crisis. I didn't have a crisis. I'm, I'm getting into the crisis stage, <laughs> pre-crisis. You have your advanced crisis warning system is uh, yeah. going off. and uh, Yeah, exactly. And you realized you're about to fill up your very large hard drive. That's right. So my backup strategy is almost completely full. So I have, you know, one or two choices. I can either throw money at the problem or I can throw a bunch of time at the problem and most likely still end up having to spend the money anyway. <laughs> and then you still have to throw money at the problem. Exactly. So my ideal is to throw money at the problem and then sort it out later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ran into this exact issue pretty recently. It was that I had a pile of hard drives that were ranging in sizes mm -hmm. that started to overflow and I faced the exact same crisis and spent a lot of time reading uh, reviews on the internet and talking to other people that had spent large amounts of money on hard drive space. And uh, so I'm hoping that I can walk you and whoever is listening through, uh, <laughs> through what I did. Yeah. And, and you can also tell me about what, I don't know what you're figuring out. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've, I've, this is, you know, I don't know, my eighth time <laughs> reconfiguring this. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. It's never ending. No. And it's, it's insane. So it's actually, it's, it's really good to have conversations like this with people who've been through the same thing. Because if you're just trying to figure this out on your own, like, wow. Like, you could just, yeah. like, dump a bunch of money and you know, not even know what you're doing. Well, I should also disclaim at the beginning that all the advice I give, well, maybe not all, but a lot of it, comes from uh, Peter Krause's book, mm -hmm. uh, the the damn book, the damn book, mm -hmm. the damn book. Have you read it? Um, I have not read it actually. Yeah, it's the it's probably the thing I recommend the most, more than cameras or any other piece of gear. He has written um, now a second edition as well of a book that really walks you through everything you need to know if you are producing a lot of content in this case it's he's talking about photography but it could be for anything it can be the way that you manage video files or audio files or whatever files you have tons of on your system and that there's common pitfalls that everybody runs into so we um we can all deal with them in in similar ways and there's the thing is there's a lot of levels to how you deal with long-term backup like the amount of potential ways that you can get screwed up. It's terrifying. Yeah, it really is like a common thing. If you don't already know is that every hard drive, every spinning disc hard drive fails. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred percent failure rate. This is a technology that that's just what happens. It's a physical thing. It's like a, you know, piece of a car. It just, it's going to wear out. And one day you're going to, you're going to turn it on and it won't be there. Yeah. It'll start click, clicking at you. I mean, it's, it's friction, right? Yeah. yeah. So you've got that to contend with. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, you've got a lot of data. We have a lot of data. Well, s set us up for that. How much, um, how much data do you have? Oh my God. Um, well, the, the backup uh, thing that I have now is actually eight gigs and it's full. So, and how, how long did that take? How fast do you generate your, your bits? <laughs> well, that depends on, you know, what I'm doing, but I mean like, okay, so this particular one 
was a doubling of size and I bought it about a year ago. So, so okay. So wait, you had a, you had a four yeah. terabyte and then you took all of that and you put it on a eight terabytes. Yeah. Let me, let me actually back. Raid. Let me, let me explain. So I had, um, a Drobo and I had the very first Drobo. So, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty much deemed obsolete and I didn't even realize that it like stopped working. I just went one day, I was just like, I just haven't heard that thing do anything in a while. The lights were still on. <laughs> oh, it was like plugged in Yeah, and should have been operational. And exactly. And it just like, I was just like, you know, that thing used to be really loud and like, it's just <laughs> not making noise. And so, you know, I, I, I looked at time machine and it's, you know, time machine is telling me that like, you know, you haven't backed up in like 40 days or some, some crazy number like that. You know, I was just mm-hmm. like, what? So I started trying to get it sorted out and I tried to update software and <laughs> they, you know, I found out that it was no longer being updated and it was just like, it was done. It was like, it was uh, basically a, a brick on my table. It had Drobo stopped supporting it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Or? Uh, yeah. So Drobo stopped yeah. supporting the first one. I think it's crazy how fast Drobo went from being the darling of photographers and media creators mm-hmm. to it's on a lot of shit lists now. I um I have one too sitting in the closet. Mm-hmm. Last I checked, it still works. <laughs> um, Hate. But the amount of people that have had it just totally crap out on them. Yeah. You know, Drobo. <laughs> I felt like even when it did work, I felt like I had to keep resetting it or something. Mm, massaging it. Yeah. Into, yeah. yeah. Like I, yeah. you know, it, it did, it was the opposite of what I wanted it to be or what mm-hmm. I thought I was buying because right, I thought it was like no maintenance, no yeah. hassle, just works, plug and play. Just take care of me and leave my worry and let me yeah, move it should, on. It should be massaging you, frankly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I mean, you know, the things aren't cheap. No, no, not, they're not at all cheap. Right. Um, and th- what we came from before that was that raids used to just be a lot more manual. Mm-hmm. So it was really exciting when all of a sudden they were pretty much automatic. The idea of hot swapping yeah. the drive, that was a breakthrough. Yeah. Basically. That's what sold me. Yeah. Um, that if, if something dies, you just pull it out and throw a new one in. But the, what they didn't acknowledge is that the, actual drobo is also likely to die it's not just the drives inside of it yeah oh by the way your drobo has only got a life of about uh, three years yeah cl- the clock's ticking so yeah. uh, put it put it to use so you know the likelihood of one of your drives dying be- before the drobo <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah which one's gonna outlast the other <laughs> yeah it's not so great and unfortunately spinning drives are still our only solution for large amounts of storage. I hear a lot of, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of them have advertisers from uh, Backblaze and, um, and Crash Plan. I've heard, I've used both. Mm-hmm. I've also used Mosey. I've, I've used, you know, most of the major backup products yep. because I love the idea of constant online backup. Mm-hmm. I think it's really powerful. And for a lot of people, it's, it's a must have, but for a photographer, it's a, if you're shooting raw and you have a lot of clients and you're shooting often, I never had the backups catch up with what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. I mean, I, I have Backblaze. And so when the first time or when I initially set it up, you know, it told me like your backup will be complete in like 300 and 
you know, yeah. 50 days or something. Yeah. And I was like, so I have a year and hopefully the important stuff will get back. To yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Well, one time I did have, I was using one of the services and I had a laptop stolen and I was traveling. And fortunately I was traveling and shooting for uh, stock and everything that I'd shot had been backed up automatically. And I definitely wouldn't have done it manually. It was the day after all the shoots and I just hadn't got around to having any second copy. So in that case, it completely saved my butt. I mean, probably if I had a backup, it would have been in the same bag as the computer. Mm. Um, but that was, that was a special case because it was just backing up a laptop, which never had all of the files. Right. It only had a couple days worth and it managed to get through all those in a few days. <laughs> but, uh, so I don't know, you know, it can be really helpful to a lot of photographers depending how you work. But like I say, if you're, if you're generating two, I mean, a camera is basically just a megabyte producing factory. Yeah. Every, every photo is just, you know, every memory card. Think about that. If you fill a 32 or 63, 64 gigabyte card, that's a lot of gigabytes. It's, an, it's unreal. That's an appreciable percentage of, uh, you know, one terabyte drive. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's really funny. Cause I just realized that when you asked me how much storage that I had, I said eight gigabytes, but it was actually eight terabytes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad to correct that. Yeah. I'll catch up eventually. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of listeners were very concerned for you. <laughs> You're eight. Um, so this guy shot everything on a small card. <laughs> you got by pretty, pretty far for that. How many jobs have you done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and it's a thing that'll probably end up dating a recording like this too, because every year, and this is just something to consider mm -hmm. as you move forward with your backup plans, that every year the price falls so much per megabyte that um, it can become a parody like that. I mean, I rem I probably still have somewhere sitting around 128 megabyte memory, <laughs> like flash card. Yeah. Um, which I mean, what could you possibly do with that at this point? It reminds me of that. I've made, uh, do you know the comedian Bill Hicks? Of course. He was big in the you know eighties and nineties and is fantastic. And when I first listened to him, I didn't realize that he had already, uh, passed away. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of jokes about, uh, Bush mm -hmm. being in the white house and being in Iraq. And I listened to all this thinking like, man, this guy's so topical. And I realized <laughs> I was you know, more than a decade behind the wrong bush. <laughs> and I had no clue. I had like, it took me a while to figure this out. And, uh, you could do this with megabytes and gigabytes. I think. Too. No, absolutely. 10 years later, you're talking about 128 terabytes. Yeah. I mean, when am I going to get my terabyte card for my DSLR? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so where are we? What's your problem? You, you shoot, how much do you shoot a year? Maybe. Do you have a sense of oh. uh, like the amount of files, amount of whatever? You know, I have to say that I probably shoot an average of maybe 1500 a month. F photos. Photos. Okay. Because, but you know, the reason it's even that high is because, you know, I, I, I do shoot events. Mm -hmm. And so events tend to have quite a lot of photos. Right. And do you hold on to all of that? Um, I do for a period of time for all my client work. I generally hold on to everything for at least two years. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it's in my contract that I do that. Oh, okay. So it's just automatic. Um, but yeah, I mean, in some cases like last time I had to update this situation. I, I deleted some of the old stuff that I had 
then I guess right when I had started. What, do, you, do you have a folder for 2014? Like do you organize mine are sorted by year. Do you do that? Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I might start doing that because the way that I've been doing it. So I have two catalogs in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. Um, one is for stock and personal and the other one is for all just for client work. Um, so I do keep those separated and they're on, they're on separate drives as well on external mm-hmm. drives. So I keep all that separated and I just, I, um, all the folders are just, it's just basically by the type of jobs that I'm doing. Like be, be mm-hmm. events, all my event jobs are in the same place under clients. So I'm, I'm really, I'm doing it by like uh, type of job and then client Right. And then specific job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so your, all your clients from 2013 and 2012 will also be m- mixed in there. That's right. Okay. Um, so, cause I was just thinking, I mean, I have mine in one year so I can do like a get info on 2014. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. I'm actually, when you, as soon as you said that, I was like, Oh, why am I not doing that? Yeah. It's, uh, Oh, I've, I got a lot of tips and tricks on this one. Oh, good. But uh, I don't think we have time for them all today. But with 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 this, I'm I'm taking a look to my 2014, and I've got um, 707 gigabytes, and and we're you know about at the end of the year, mm-hmm. so it's probably going to be all of it, and um, 29,000 items. Hmm. Um, but uh, it also since there's two people shooting, we also have stuff split between computers. Ah, so, uh, yeah. So there may be twice as much as that. I don't actually know, but we also have two people shooting. Yeah. So that's actually been our biggest challenge. Yeah. So how do you, you guys don't back everything up to the same drives or, or you do? <sighs> it would take me so long to unwind. the, <laughs> And we're never quite there at the perfect strategy. We've got, we've, I think we've gotten pretty close lately where I wouldn't say we're bulletproof, but we're safe, mm-hmm. safe ish. But let's let's take my number as like I think mine's a uh, a high average for a professional shooter. Mm-hmm. Not many people are going to have a lot more than let's call it a terabyte per year. Sure. So you have an eight terabyte drive over there. Mm-hmm. Are there eight years worth of photos on it? Uh, no. Less. But I also shoot with a D eight hundred. That's the big one, right? Yeah. So that. How, how big are your files? Uh, well, they're 36 megapixels. What does that turn into? So like I'm looking at a raw from my 5D Mark III mm-hmm. and it's 20, 24 megabytes. Yeah. So it's like 24, 23.9, 24.3. Yeah. That's kind of my range. What are you like 30? Oh yeah. 30, it's like 30 32 or 34 or something like that. I, did, I think it also depends on the type of exposure. Wow. That makes a big difference. Oh, it's huge, and man. You, you shoot <laughs> raw but convert to DNG, mm. on, do you convert on import or? Yeah, on import. Yeah, yeah, and, and so do I, which gives you a savings of what, like, it's pretty good. It's like almost 20%, I feel like, when I have tested it. Hmm, I actually know that. Yeah, it gives you a nice size savings with added benefits. Yeah. It's, everybody should be converting. You don't have to do it on import. That part is optional because if you, um, that gives you a time cost upfront that may not be helpful depending on your working situation. Right? right. So if you're trying to get through something right now, um, then you may want to just import them as raw files and convert them later. Yeah. I mean, I, I really can't imagine a scenario where you'd actually want to do that. 
it just makes sense well, to, to convert it on import every time, all the time. I, I've done it when I need to get some proofs to a client that day. Hmm. So we, you know, we just shot something and like, I just need to, or other situations where the client's actually there and you want to show them the photos because there's a tax of like, maybe it's twice as long. It's a lot longer to convert on import. Mm. And hopefully that's something that Lightroom improves in the future. I think there are definitely ways it could, but. um, Yeah. Try importing a client shoot from a D800. What kind of card reader do you use? Uh, well, actually, I had a Lexar card reader. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know what it was. It was one of the ones. It was a big one for the CF card. It was like FireWire. Uh, but it no longer is compatible with my computer. So it went, That's the one I had. And yeah. then I switched to the new Lexar. Yeah, right now I'm only shooting SD cards. Oh. And I'm just importing directly through the, the um, iMac. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That doesn't slow down your shooting? You mean just using SDs? Yeah, like I find I kind of have um, slower buffering and slower, well, I definitely have slower response time with an SD on the hmm. 5D3. Well, okay, so when I'm shooting events, I'm not using the, the D800. I use the DF. And oh, previous okay. to that, I used the D700. So, nah, I, n- I didn't really have too much problem. Well, when I shot with a D700, that was using a CF card. So... But, you know, with the with the DF, I haven't noticed any kind of lag with it at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, the only time I notice any lag is, is with that damn 800. <laughs> I've had a lot of bad luck with SD cards. It's the same with the, uh, the Fuji EX1 that we have. I usually blame the SD card for the slowness, and it is a fast card. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how fast, but it's as fast as it should be, and the right times are often intolerable. Mm-hmm. And I think it maybe just is, it's part of getting used to a, something like a 5D where you just expect it to instantly respond yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sort of no excuse to me that it would take any additional time. <laughs> I didn't so, pay for uh, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pay, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So you're shooting, let's pretend a terabyte a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you want a solution that's going to last you for the next at least five years. I mean, I think that's optimistic and yes, I mean, that is, that would be my goal. (laughs) So there were two options that I was kind of running by you earlier and, uh, suggesting you may take one of these paths and, um, one of them costs more time and one costs more money. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually think that a bit of both is, is maybe the right solution. If you have infinite cash as a resource, then um, you can kind of just, you can just buy all the hard drives you want. Just buy a couple huge raids that each take 12 discs and make them completely redundant and, you know, stick one in a safety in a safe and then one in your basement and the other by your computer and you're fine. Yeah. I don't think you're going to do that. So (laughs) what most of us want to do is have multiple copies in preferably at least three places of every photo that you decide matters to you. Yeah. Everyone that you want to keep. Yeah. And that's, there's a few levels to that. Um, There are, and there's also different ways that people feel about it that, how attached you feel to your rejects, especially 
um, how much of a hoarder you are is the way to, uh, you know, a lot of people have that feeling of maybe I haven't discovered my genius yet. (laughs) The future me will go through all this garbage and be blown away at the undiscovered genius that was lurking inside. You know, it, it, it happens. That's just the thing is it happens. I discovered this, you know, going back through my old film negatives, mm-hmm. you know, most of them are crap. The ones that I thought were good are a total crap. And then one of every, you know, 80 or so is, you know, a nice little surprise. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, I mean, I'm, I am that way too. <laughs> I was just describing myself. Um, and yeah, I like to hold on to as much as I possibly can. Who am I thinking of? Is it a uh, Vivian Miller M- Meyer? Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. So she's the one that was uh, her boxes of negatives were discovered and they are amazing street photography that was uh, just, you know, sitting in an attic waiting to be discovered. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe inspires a lot of people to hold on to what they're shooting. Yeah. <laughs> or stories I, like it. I just so hope that. <laughs> my work you, is, is revered there a, yeah, is there a Vivian Meyer l- lurking within you no <laughs> yeah. let's be honest yeah. <laughs> there's something there I don't know what it is <laughs> something lurking it might be indigestion <laughs> I, I'm lucky I'm, I'm, really, I'm really lucky because whatever it is it manages to pay the bills yeah so I mean I think that that's pretty rad <laughs> our, work, our work has value and we should be holding on to it and we should be treating it as important and this is why we want to back it up and a dozen different places. Yeah. So to be able to back up so much stuff and have it be redundant, you run into a bit of a wall where if you're shooting, especially on a large megapixel camera and trying to hold on to everything, you've got, you've got more than you can easily keep up with. Like it starts to become, you get obstacles like online backup isn't an option for you anymore Mm -hmm. or buying single drives isn't practical. You need a multi-drive raid to be able to manage a catalog that spans more than one year. Mm-hmm. Right. So in that case, right. So I'll get to my two things. That's what I'm trying to get to. One is uh, basically wiping out all of the garbage, the like garbage being the stuff that is not going to ever be interesting. Yeah. That you're not, not even we are narcissistic enough to think that this is ever going to be important. It's the blurry blinking junk yeah the unintentional blueberry <laughs> yeah and there is a lot more of it than vivian meyer would have had because we're shooting well most of the time we're shooting digital yeah. so we're shooting a hundred times as many photos to get the same one and we don't need to keep everything in between so i hope that everybody out there is going through and doing a really quick sort as they shoot to just just get rid of the junk don't hold on to it it's not worth it yeah totally i mean usually when i'm doing a shoot like i'll uh throw away my my all my metering shots if you will right yeah i actually i've been keeping all the ones i have of uh, my hand (laughs) and uh just in the idea not all of them but i keep one from each shoot and maybe someday i'll put them beside each other (laughs) (laughs) probably not though (laughs) but yeah there's you know when the flash didn't go off when it's just just throw that away then there's a the next level is the um how do you describe it? The the stuff that you just are not going to use, but maybe you will. Right. So these are not selects. These are not 
the the shots that pay the bills they are not they're not exciting and they're really probably not going to um if they're not exciting enough for you to give them attention and to put them out there into the world either even on um Instagram mm-hmm. let alone your portfolio then you know you you are maybe holding on to them just for sentimental reasons i, I think about it like very simply it's it's just it, does this have monetary value mm-hmm. you know so if it does have monetary value then i'm going to place that importance on it and then if it's not like the the ones that i think you're thinking of are the ones that may or may not someday mean something to somebody right well and there's yeah there's monetary value now and then there's also like there's just value in the future there was a great series that was getting passed around recently of um it was just uh like street style photos from malls in the 80s oh yes i saw that and I loved it, right? So it's good. like it's the the photography wasn't exceptional, and it probably wouldn't have been interesting or exceptional to look at at the time. But it's in retrospect that the value comes to it, or the subway um, subway lines in New York in the in the in the eighties as well. Yep, when they were just a total mess. Um, that photography would have been a lot more like we were all used to it at the time. And now looking back, it becomes a whole lot more interesting. Oh, yeah. Like worlds more interesting. It's, yeah, it's incredible, yeah, yeah. actually. So th- those are all reasons to hold on to that mediocre stuff that, you know, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it could be interesting to you or somebody you know someday. But to me, I've started to accept that that does not need to be treated as the same priority as the rest of my work. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that I am compressing it. And right now what I'm using is the lossy DNG format, which is somewhat new and it isn't as supported as it could be. You won't be able to see the photos in the finder, for example, it's kind of just an Adobe thing at the moment, but what it does is use a JPEG like compression to make the file way smaller, but also stores a bunch of the white balance information, which makes no sense to me how it's doing this, Mm. but you end up with a file. that's basically the size of a large JPEG that you can still adjust the white balance to. Mm. And that's really powerful to me. Like it's not what I would choose to do for either client work or even our, you know, our personal work that's going to be published. But if I've already assessed a whole shoot and decided that, you know, I already have a hundred photos out of 600 that are really great. Those other 500, I can just, I can let the quality slip on them. It's like, I don't mind that they may not have 16 bit depth in the long term mm-hmm. because the truth is they're going to be less than a quarter of the size. Yeah. So to me, that sounds like a fancy pants JPEG. It is. That's exactly what it is. Mm. You could also make these all JPEGs. Mm. Like that, that, that could be part of the strategy as well. But if you can, if you can change the white balance without ruining the, yeah, yeah. it's totally worth it. That's the white balance is the, I, I think is actually the biggest reason for a lot of people to shoot in raw because we get it wrong and it's something that you can't pull very far. No. Um, you know, second to the exposure, obviously the exposure needs to be like pretty close, but um, I think I often, I find you can bring, you can bring the exposure up or down a little more than you could the white balance. Oh, no you question. You can't pull it very far. Yeah. I don't, yeah, no question. I mean, the, the, the amount of exposure crime you can get away with is actually insane. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I've given up on having any guilt. <laughs> yeah. About dragging that slider to three stops sometimes. Seriously. Depending what, depending what it's for. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, just crank it. Unless it's overexposed and then it's going to get funky. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, bringing it down three stops is yeah. not is not the same as bringing it up. No. Okay, so yeah. This also means that there's a this is the more time consuming route because it means that you need to do some very intense some soul searching <laughs> as you rate your photos. You know what? This is this just this makes me tired. Just even talking just, about it just makes me tired. Like I'm well, like, so you don't do this as your photos come in. You're not like, I mean, sure I do. Yeah. Well, no, I do it when I like, yeah. I mean, God, are you kidding me? I'm an editor. I love burning files, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I look at my own stuff and I, I just go like, no, 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 X, 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 delete all, you know, I have no problem doing that whatsoever. It's just after I've done that, then I'm not likely to do it again for a very long time. Right. Um, so I think that this can be all part of that same process. Let me give you the quick rundown of my rating system, okay. which by mine, I mean, it's from the damn book, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So you go through everything and X means you are deleting this photo. Mm-hmm. You never need to look at it again. It's garbage. Um, and this is Lightroom, by the way, this is the Lightroom shortcuts yeah. and everybody should be using Lightroom. Yeah. I don't know why you're not, if you're not, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. Aperture is dead. Yeah. Bridge is not for this bridge is for other things and capture one is a little too dense. Yeah. So just, just get Lightroom. It's cheap and easy and press X on. Yeah. It's, and it's so cheap now. Mm-hmm. Um, press X on all the bad photos. Yeah. If you think you may use a photo, it may be good enough, but you're not totally sure. Just give it a one. And a one means that you've looked at it and you've decided it's not garbage. It doesn't mean it's great or that you're going to use it. It's just like, it is acceptable. This is, this basically accomplished what I was trying to do. It's not garbage. It's a maybe. Yeah, it's a maybe. Yeah, like there's no, you're not committed to this at all. You very well may throw it out later. Mm -hmm. Then the next step is a two, which is a, starts to become a probably. (laughs) So for me, let's, let's talk about it in percentages. When we have a shoot that's a thousand photos, we'll probably delete 300 mm-hmm. right right away they're gone then we'll go through it again and oh, i don't know how many twos do we end up with say another 300 yeah. i've got 300 deleted photos i got 300 that just stay as one stars and now i've got 300 that are uh two stars and some change that i'm you know i don't know maybe that i'm uh, uncertain about so let's say I have 333 photos of each of these, just to simplify. Um, now I uh, am going to go through again and three star the stuff that like this is almost certainly going to be used. And that's the stuff that ends up being either delivered to the client or is it's going somewhere. This is going to wind up somewhere in the end. Mm-hmm. And four star is one level above that. And it means that this is potentially portfolio work. Mm. So that when you're looking at your catalog as a whole and you can look at the last five years, you can sift all this stuff up from the top. That's like, this is what, this is what I was using to represent myself throughout time. And you can pull those out to do something interesting with you can make a book, you can make a website, you can blah, 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 right. You can use these photos to represent yourself. Then five star is sort of um, use it how you want. Maybe the best way is just like your rock star photos. Mm-hmm. 
like this is this is going to be the cover of your portfolio this year. That's a really really smart system. Um, it's and, a time saver in the end. Yeah, and it's it's scalable. That's the biggest thing. Like a lot, I know a lot of people use a pick system where there's because there is you know the X key um, will flag it as a reject in the uh, what's it called tilde P. P yeah P is the flag. P is flagging for, you know, that's when you want to flag the image for holding oh, on Oh, interesting. To it. Okay, but both are actually. P and... uh and Tilda? Yeah, they both are. Weird. And you can hit it again to remove it, or you can hit U to unflag it. Yeah. Okay, so there's quite a few shortcuts going on here. Uh, let's say P. That's much easier to remember. Yeah, I I, I always... I refer to it as X up. <laughs> ah. Um, and I use it. I use it all the time. That's actually, you know, because... The, the way you described it was like, oh, you know, that's, it's kind of better. <laughs> it really is. Like the important thing is to treat your collection as a long-term project. Yeah. You can't look at it one shoot at a time, which is all that P's and X's and XPUS are good for really is mm-hmm. dealing with one shoot at a time. Yep. No, that makes perfect sense. And, um, wow, you're, you're killing me here. Cause <laughs> you're, you're giving me work to do. <laughs> and, you, and you don't even mean to I'm just giving you homework. <laughs> okay. So now that you've done all of this work, mm-hmm. um, you've got a lot of things that are one starred. And as long as you know that you were thorough that first time and you are done with these projects, you've delivered your three and four stars. They are safely in your client's hands. Maybe you've exported, like I keep a separate folder that's just called completed projects of, you know, I deliver in JPEGs. I don't know. You can do TIFFs, whatever you end up doing. Yeah. Um, so it's fully processed deliverables. And I store all those away in a folder for quick access so that, you know, if I want to put them on our portfolio site, I, I know where to grab them from. If a client asks for in the future, there's just all these JPEGs sitting there that I can just throw their way. Um, but the one stars are now useless to me. Mm. So those are all the ones that at the end of the year, if I've been looking at the catalog, right, I can just say, show me all my one stars, convert them all to lossy DNGs. Hmm. And now I've just, you know, turned, uh, who knows, 600 gigabytes into what's the ratio. It'd be maybe like a hundred or so, 150. Hmm. I think when I was looking at it, it was roughly 20% the size, um, give or take quite a bit. Like it's not completely predictable how much it's going to save you, but going from a lossless, meaning uncompressed DNG to a lossy, compressed DNG would, um, yeah, bring it down to about 20% the size. You know, that's, it's really fascinating, but you didn't tell me that we were going to be doing math on this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I'm like saying it so slowly and probably <laughs> getting numbers wrong. I'm like, dude, I'm dividing things by threes and then trying to say 20%. And, and oh. <laughs> I love math. Um, in theory. Anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> You can save a lot of space. Yeah. So you're, if you if you were doing this, what it could mean is that your eight gigabyte, eight terabyte yeah. <laughs> hard drive, it just could last a lot more years before it was full. Sure, get more mileage out of it. But you may not be into that. I don't know. Like that's you got to do some soul searching if you're willing to compress all those old files. Some people won't mind at all. Won't think twice about it. Well, here here's the good thing, right? We're about to, you know, it's it's a new year. I could start fresh. I can do a new folder for 2015 and embrace some of these ideas. Mm-hmm. And going forward, I can save myself a lot of space 
in the future. But what do I do about the past? Uh, well, <laughs> um, you buy more hard drives. Yeah, because like you know the, what I'm what I'm looking at right now is a lot of work and very little time. Yeah, I I don't think you should go back through your archives and do all this. You should have a intern do it for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, I, the idea of looking at um, all my stock work from 2006 mm-hmm, to 2011, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I, I feel like I, I, I don't even know how much I'd have to pay somebody to do that. Yeah, no, I, I actually don't think you should. I think you should. It's much cheaper to just pay for the hard drive and, um, you know, just let it sit there. Yeah. Let, let there be a few too many photos for the last few years. Yeah. I mean, I'll, people are talking about how, you know, waterboarding is torture. Like go look at my stock <laughs> photos from 2007. <laughs> um, so that means you do, so you're going to have to buy some big hard drives. Yeah. That's what's, that's, what's going to happen no matter what here. I've, I'm, I'm pretty much already like sold on it. This is a problem I'm throwing money at just because like, just in case I haven't done all my due diligence with all of my work, there might be some money in there somewhere. And I yep. really don't want to just, you know, with stock photography, there usually is money sitting on your hard drive mm-hmm. somewhere that you've forgotten about. No, how, no matter how painful it is to, to scour, mm-hmm. there might be something there that's, that's worth something to somebody. So, so now, so, so now you're shopping for, for a hard drive mm-hmm. for a big hard drive. Yeah, well, a RAID, really. Yeah, so you were using a G drive before the train? Okay, so I started with the Drobo, and I replaced that with a, with a G RAID. Right. Right, so I have the G RAID Thunderbolt 8 terabyte. And that's using probably two 4 terabyte yes. spinning disk drives inside? Correct. And so the great thing about those G RAIDs is the Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. which is what makes me always drool over them. but what I th- I feel like maybe you're not utilizing them to their maximum potential because you're probably storing. Are you putting everything on there and working from that drive or is it your backup? It's my backup. <laughs> right. So you've got a lot of speed for something that you're not access. You're not rewriting all the time. Right. No. So to me, a Thunderbolt, like that's super powerful for video editing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like what it's built for is that you won't have an internal drive big enough to store. Well, the, t- the tons of, of space that video takes, but you need to be able to read, write, access it really fast. Um, so that's, that's a video situation to me. Mm-hmm. And with photo backup, your Lightroom catalog will have high res thumbnails of everything that you've ever shot. Well, thumbnails isn't even enough. I mean, large previews that are the size of your screen. So when your hard drive is not attached to your computer on an external, you're browsing through giant images of yours without needing to access the drive at all. Mm -hmm. The previews are stored locally. So that's, you know, as fast as it needs to be. And you only end up accessing the file once you open it into Photoshop. Right. So that's when the speed matters. So to me, a photo backup drive does not need to be fast. It only needs to be fast if, well, I don't know why it would need to be fast really. Usually you're not, there's not, there's no urgency in either accessing backup or in, um, uh, uh, sending, do, performing the backup. Right? Okay, so do you want to hear something funny? Yeah. <laughs> so the reason that I went with the Thunderbolt mm-hmm. instead of just the the USB was that um, when I had the Drobo, every time that I had to reset it, it would take like 
five days <laughs> to mm. to back up everything. And so my nice. my idea here was like, I just wanted to to do this job fast. That's that's totally reasonable. Like yeah. I I have felt that too. Yeah. So that that was my my logic behind that. Which I would almost recommend if Thunderbolt was reasonably priced. It is still at the point of recording. <laughs> it adds a premium that is not worth it. Yeah, I mean you can in get in many cases. You can get a, a decent bottle of scotch for the price of a Thunderbolt cable. <laughs> yeah. You know, give me yeah, a break. Right. It's crazy. Okay, so what I was recommending to you is that instead you look at a network attached storage device. Right. Or a NAS. This is the first I've heard of it is today. Yeah. And this is what um for us, we work in a studio with two people shooting, and the main reason this just was obviously necessary is that if we're going to be archiving everything that we shoot in one spot, we both need to be able to access it. Mm-hmm. That, that's, it's a huge problem if you can't. If you need to be unplugging and plugging back in a drive between two computers, that's a massive pain in the butt. So, um, so we have a hard drive. Basically, it's a, you know, a NAS is like a computer. It's a server with a series of hard drives inside of it plugged into our router and then our computers just access it through ethernet. And it's a really good idea to have ethernet in these situations because Wi-Fi is not fast enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't notice the speed difference on the internet because the, your internet connection is too much slower, right? Like if you're getting 50 megabytes per second, um, ethernet is what, like one gigabit, um, which I don't understand numbers. Yeah. I don't I don't know anything about any of this. Math. I just know that uh the Ethernet number is bigger than the uh Wi-Fi number. <laughs> so um yeah, basically Wi-Fi doesn't affect your internet connection, but Ethernet has a huge impact on your local area network. Mm-hmm. So when you start accessing it over Ethernet, it becomes really very fast. I mean fast enough. Compared to Thunderbolt, no, but compared to your USB drive sitting next to your computer, it is Definitely fast enough. Cool. The other nice thing is that the premium, the cost of this is not a lot. It's kind of a similar price to getting a regular RAID. So um, the, the, and then the benefits that you get are that you can access from multiple computers depending on the service. So we're talking about Synology is the brand that I like right now. Mm-hmm. You can access them from other computers as well. You can log on to your server remotely and grab files from that. And there are varying levels of, of security. That's right. So you can lock it down as much as you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I recommend if you're going to have all your photos on here, you should just probably lock it down quite a bit. You still can access this. This is a always connected device if you want it to be and um, can give you a whole lot of convenience. Things that the Synologies come with is um, there are apps installed in it, like a video player that lets you stream the movies that are downloaded to the device from your other devices. So you can walk around with your iPad in your house, just streaming everything that's been downloaded to the movies folder and same with music and same with photos, although it's only JPEGs, you can just browse them through a simple carousel type thing. So there's some really powerful stuff that you can start doing from your uh, iPhone apps and, or, or Android apps. I, I see this being used for music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had never been really interested in having a media server until I was looking at like, well, we need a giant storage solution for our photos. Oh wait, this comes with all of the media server things kind of for free, you know, without, without a big markup. Amazing. 
sounds awesome, really. It it is awesome. There's things that Drobo also offers with this. I know Drobo has a network solution you can like plug in. I don't really remember how it works because I'm not. I'm just not looking at Drobo anymore. But they do they do offer some of this. But what is really great about Synology is that it's got a bit more of a broader app ecosystem. So the things that run on it do a little bit more. Yeah, it sounds great. The main way you usually interact with it is that you log into it as if it's a computer in your web browser. So you open a tab and you go to the URL of your thing and it just shows like a desktop and the desktop is your hard drive because huh. it's a computer. That's neat. Yeah. So what are you, um, without getting too deep into models, like what are you thinking now that you've kind of been looking at these today? Well, I need something that I feel like is going to not just get me through the current situation into the next year, but something that's going to actually give me, like we said earlier, at least five years. Right. I want something that's expandable. You don't want just a Band-Aid. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like the G-Rate was a fairly expensive Band-Aid. Right. Um, because it's not something I can just keep adding to. Like, I can daisy-chain more G-Rates, but I think that that's going to get expensive. I think a cheaper Band-Aid, if somebody's looking for a Band-Aid solution, you could also go and get, I don't want to throw around terabyte numbers too much because it really will date this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but say you could go buy a four terabyte drive for a very reasonable price. Mm-hmm. And that much less than the G raid was because it's not a raid and it's not a thunderbolt Mm -hmm. and you can just kind of stack those, like just buy more of them. The problem is that you don't end up with one giant archive that you can access all of your photos. Right. So for our situation, we have every year, all of our photos are on this Synology NAS raid drive, everything ever. Okay. And then into it, you can also plug a USB external drive. So we have a raw drive little toaster thing. Have you seen these? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so you can just buy raw hard drives, right? They don't have an enclosure, no power supply, no USB oh, interface. Okay. Yeah. It's just a drive. And then you can buy what is just the interface. And it means that you just like drop it in like a toast in a toaster and it starts accessing the drive. And when you're done, you just pop it out, right? So you're, okay. you can save quite a bit of money because you're not buying a new enclosure for every external drive. Mm-hmm. And those were constantly cycling with the current year. So it's being directly backed up with whatever we just shot. Okay. Um, as, as fast as the Synology is being backed up. Now, what happens next? <laughs> oh, right. So we need another copy too. We need three copies for this to be safe. So then at somewhat regular intervals, I'll take another raw drive, put it in the toaster and just make a full copy of that year. So there's a whole bunch of like one and two terabyte drives we have sitting around that are very cheap now. And basically it's been, we use about a one terabyte drive per year. There's a few two terabyte drives that'll have two years or even Mm -hmm. a bit more. And those are the third backups. They go into a box and that box goes to a offsite location. Okay. So we've got two local backups of everything. Oh, right. No, wait. We have one local backup of everything, everything ever. Mm-hmm. And then we have a local backup of this year. And then we have offsite backups of everything, everything. Wow. So it's actually not a perfect system because it means that our old, our archives are actually only in two places at the moment. And technically it should be three. So 
the ideal situation that I'd like to get to is that if we were more thorough about our marking the best photos and only the best photos as four and five stars, mm-hmm. those we'd be backing up into a special, special folder or a special, special hard drive, or, you know, like there would only be a few hundred gigabytes worth of five star photos that, you know, I could lose everything else, but as long as I can keep these 1000 photos, yeah, like it really wouldn't matter. Right. Because I think we all have that. We all have our few hundred photos that this is what is actually important. Yeah. Cause that's like, that's your retrospective right there. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, if you lose everything else, at least you still have, you know, your greatest hits. But what happens, and this is, this is like where I'm hitting the wall is that you're, you get limited by the holding on to the nostalgia. If you were willing to just dump all the guard, like you just were deleting stuff left, right, and center mm-hmm. and not holding it onto anything for nostalgia purposes. You'd have, you could use a, a terabyte drive for six years. You know, you could just keep your, keep your hundred photos a year that are really great and throw everything else away. But it's that, uh, it's kind of that trade-off, right? Like the trade-off for the amount of time you want to put in sorting it and the amount of money you want to spend on the drives and the amount that you're willing to throw away precious memories yeah yeah that's scary i have a kid you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah well now's the time to hold on to everything (laughs) and if you think about like a lot of your probably a lot of your important memory photos i bet will be iphone right yeah quite a few and um those are jpegs right they're like eight megapixel jpegs and you're probably not going to be upset in five years that they're not raw a lot of it's about remembering the situation, not selling prints of these photos. Right. So in cases like that, um, you know, JPEG might be enough. Yeah. No, I think it is. So what are you going to do? Well, so I'm going to get a disk station. Okay. I'm going to pull up an internet browser to look at this with you. Maybe you could share your screen on the thingy. I, I can share my screen on the thingy. All right. So we're looking at a five disk disk station. So as far as I'm understanding this, the reason why this is so fantastic is that it's a computer on, on its own, right? How do you, does, does it have its own software or am I still going to be using Time Machine? It does have its own software, but um, I don't personally use it. I am sure it's great. I've read about other people using their backup solution. I just already had a solution that I think is amazing. Um, so I have a really strong recommendation to everybody for uh, Chronosync. Chronosync. Yeah. And it's, I think it's about 40 bucks last time I checked and it's what manages all of the backups. We need a whole episode about just backup workflow. Like this is big picture stuff today, mm-hmm. but there is so many details about how this works. And what Chronosync does though, is that it'll do things that Time Machine can't. There's also some things that Time Machine doesn't, it can't. But the most important one is it'll look at one folder on your local hard drive and it'll look at another folder on your external hard drive and say, make these the same thing. And it can also, like, just look for the differences, right? It can also find that you've deleted so many photos on your local hard drive. And just in case, instead of deleting them off of your external, it can add them to an archive and then you just dump that archive every few months when you start to run out of space. Hmm. And actually there's a, there's a a thing like this with the disc station as well, that it has like a recycling bin that it just kind of fills up. So if you realize that you'd accidentally deleted something and that change was synced to your backup, you could still go in and find it later. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. What was was I talking about? Uh, 
<laughs> software. Oh yeah. Chronosync. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing, this is a thing that I think people don't worry about enough when they back up is that it verifies your files. So it'll do like some checks or hash, whatever's, I don't know. It'll do computer science <laughs> to make sure that the file that got copied is the file that got copied. It was intended to be copied. Yeah, exactly. That there's no, that there's no error in the file because that has happened. I've had that happen a number of times where dragging and dropping in the finder just corrupts stuff. Yep. You know, yep. maybe it's half the photos. Maybe it's all the photos. Maybe it's just one photo that you didn't notice until a few years later, but you don't know that your whole folder is safe unless you have run some kind of verification during the backup. Right. Yeah. That hasn't happened to me for a very long time, but it, it did happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had it happen recently. Ooh. So, yeah. So the idea here is that it's, it's got five bays. Mm-hmm. So each bay will accept a SATA drive. Um, and you can, you know, they don't have to be matching terabytes or storage capacities. Yeah. And we're talking about like normal drives mm-hmm. basically, right? Like this is the, this is the drive that is at the local hardware store, or, you know? Well, technology store, yeah. if you will. <laughs> but basically it's, it's, it's pretty common. You know, you can go to any Best Buy or Target or something like that, and you're going to you're going to find that. Yeah. And it's fairly inexpensive, depending on the size and brand and and whatever the specs are. Yeah, it's it's the cheapest way you can buy drives. Yes. Because they are like we were talking before. There's no enclosure. Right. They're raw. Just the the drive. Yeah. They're naked. Yeah. So this this is like a drawer, if you will, for these naked drives. And you put them all in there and then it's, um, it backs it up redundantly, right? Yeah. So did you click around to the, uh, did you find the calculator? Uh, no. Uh, try looking for that. If you were to click around some more, you can see how much of the drives will end up being accessible to you as you fill them up. Ah. So you're like, I have two, four terabyte drives and two, one terabyte drives and I want to cram them in here. And what am I actually going to get for storage? Because you have to keep in mind that like a regular computer, there's got to be room for the operating system. And then also redundancy, because if one of these drives fail, it can just be pulled out and thrown away and you just stick a new drive in it, which is one of the big benefits of a RAID. And now this is using, if you are using Synology's system, mm-hmm. which is like, a, unfortunately, a pri- just like Drobo, a proprietary format, um, which means like you need another Synology to kind of keep using the drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could run it as a traditional raid, but I'm using the, you know, the dump for dummies, Synology, smart raid, whatever mm-hmm. thing. And it eats up like, I don't remember, like 20, 30% of your storage space with redundancy. Yep which is totally worth it. It's worth the investment because I actually have a dead drive in my Synology right now, which is, I am have established by now is not the uh, device's fault. It's, there is a problem with this one drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've moved it from one bay to the other and it still has the issue. So, so the simple solution there is you just replace it. Exactly. Yeah. And I have warranty on it. So it's going to be a free replacement. Nice. Rare occasion. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, where are you going to buy the, all the drives together? Are you going to buy it as a package or you're just going to get the, get the, the enclosure and then cram stuff in it later? Uh, so uh, what, I, well, I, I think that the, uh, the, the clock is ticking on me, so I don't really have a whole lot of choice. 
So <laughs> I'm going to get five bay discless storage unit. And then I'm going to buy, uh, just, just now I'm going to buy four or no, three of the four terabyte drives. Great. To go. In. Yeah. And then that's, that's a great way to get started. And you've got yeah. room later to stick a few more in there when you inevitably eventually need them. Yeah. You know, by that time they'll be cheaper and I can buy bigger ones. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is one of those cases where I think that, um, that's the, the beauty of these, these devices is that you buy what you need when you need it. You don't need to like, it's like you said before, the, the cost of storage goes down every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no reason to buy way too much at any no. one time. Yeah. Because, you know, you buy what you need and then you add more when you need it because it's going to be cheaper to do that in the long run. Yeah. That's also an argument for holding on to more photos that I've heard is that it's only going to get cheaper to hold on to your archives. Mm-hmm. Although that's not really how I've experienced it. <laughs> I haven't had that feeling at all. I don't know why I said it. I've heard other people say it and it sounded like a smart thing to say, but I feel like the more I hold on to, the more it costs. But Yeah, maybe in theory. <laughs> I think in reality, it's my experience is not like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do. It looks like it's um, I've already loaded it up in my uh, in my shopping cart. Awesome. Are you going to do the checkout live on air? Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll just keep talking while you click yeah, through whatever you got to do. Just got to make sure that I didn't screw anything up. <laughs> um, uh, last month I ordered uh, some new lenses and uh, I had them shipped to my old address. <laughs> that is a bit of a screw up. Did you get, do you have them now? Yeah. Wait, you got more than one lens? Yeah. Sounds nice. I know. I, I just, that's why I said I, I hemorrhage money. So is this solution going to be more or less expensive than the thunderbolt g drive uh more yeah yeah more but you'll have a little more storage yeah and it's it's you know what it is is it's a smarter and a smarter solution and a more um, long-term solution yeah the thing about the the g drive is that i bought it a year ago at the time it it seemed like it was going to be enough to to last two years and that was obviously not the case because i shoot a lot more than i expected to and, you know, I guess I've also been um, scanning quite a lot of film mm-hmm. at really high resolutions. So yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I've got tons of stuff going on. We should do just a shopping podcast, <laughs> right? Oh, my God, that'd be great. We could just have like a live stream of our uh, of our windows as we browse around Amazon and P&H and just add stuff to our cart. And we could have live users uh, voting. <laughs> 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 on what we spend money on you're in the states though you're you're lucky with your amazon you don't know how good you have it because <laughs> amazon.ca does not have the same options as com we have a lot less products and less favorable prices most of the time um, although we can shop on com but not every product is available i think a lot of the time it ends up being bigger ticket products like uh like this that just aren't available to canada yeah hey man i just i just spent thirteen hundred dollars how's it feel awful (laughs) do all your problems feel solved no i feel a little sick oh boy you know that'll pass buyer's remorse yeah well it's just slightly better than the the sickness that you feel when you lose all of your content you know what as much as i like talking about backup solutions i don't get that gear thrill from it no because you're in the same place you were yesterday 
right? You're not going to go out and create a new thing just because now your old photos are a little bit safer. It's the same exact thing as buying insurance. It sucks. Well, I think why I get excited about it is because it's something that so many people don't take seriously enough. Mm -hmm. And so I get excited because there's a lot to say about how much better their situation could be. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually really shocking, you know, cause like, uh, I, I was just talking to a colleague today and they needed some help with some things. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of just digging back into, you know, what their, their workflow is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not only do they not use Lightroom, but they also don't back up. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I, I just, I was, I shuddered. I was like, well, what are you talking about? How common it is too. I mean, this is a photographer you're talking to, but how common it is for everybody. Not only if photographers aren't backing up, how can we expect, you know, grandma and grandpa to be backing up? And the weirdest part is that this is not like, you know, a average photographer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is somebody that's like pretty darn good. And so it's, it's even more surprising. Yeah. I've, I've seen that a lot of times that photographers are intimidated by the tech. And there's a pretty good chance they're not listening right now because they're bored to death of all the tech talk. Yeah. No, I think that that's, that's definitely the question. They're not going to get into this far into the, <laughs> into the conversation. <laughs> so you're going to be like, these guys are... No. Or, maybe, or maybe they followed along and now you've helped someone. <laughs> I have no idea. That's my mission. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up. If you haven't already... Go to thedambook.com. And damn is not spelt the way you were thinking. <laughs> it's D-A-M, which is Digital Asset Management. Yeah. And um, you should just buy it. It's really, really worth it. You should buy it. You know what I actually realized after we had this conversation is that um, I, I went back and, and looked at whatever the book. So I have, a, I have the book. I have the damn book. I just have an earlier edition of it. And so the the one that... that, that is available now is not the same one that, that I own. That's right. And I've bought both editions actually. And, um, everything is in the first edition. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the technology's changed, but hopefully like we're kind of attempting to do in this episode is not talk too much about the specifics. It's much more about the principles and it's how you approach the problem. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. Well, and if you, uh, or if you're a member of ASMP, or you become a member, then I think you get it for free. Oh. Yeah. So that's how I got mine. I should have done that. Yeah. Well, you're not an American. Oh, American. Right. <laughs> I'll get it when I get my Amazon Prime, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the takeaway is everybody think about your catalogs in a 20, 30, 50, 100 year life cycle, not, um, not just day to day. This is your legacy. Yeah. You know, keep that in mind, because, you know, uh, my first year and a half of digital photography is lost. Hmm. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And Facebook is not a backup. No. Nor is uh, your stock photo site. No. Thanks, Cameron. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy your new toy. Yeah. Hopefully it arrives to my house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you next time. All right. Take care. Bye.